how many examples do I have to give you, Frank, of uh, reasons to not call an audible on the show? I think I've said about 10,000 times, like, you shouldn't say anything until we're doing no. it. So this is the last cold open. And oh, I have don't a, say that. <laughs> I have a reason, but I'm saving it <clears throat> for next time. advocate podcast i am your host brandon i am joined again by one of my partners in crime franklin um how you doing i'm i'm doing all right um we are going to jump into um an episode that i had planned on doing a couple nights ago um and uh and people kept dying and people kept dying and people were hypocrites fucking assholes um, so I, don't why, I don't know why we plan shit anyway. It never works out. No, no it doesn't. <clears throat> um, so anyway, uh, we're going to jump into Cuties this time. Um, I, the Cuties made a, a big commotion on the internet um, a month before the film dropped on Netflix. Um, and not the kind of commotion I think Netflix was... Lo- well, maybe. I guess any controversy sells. I, I don't know. Up. So we're going to do this episode with a couple of guests this time. Um, I am joined today by my wife, Stacy Condit, and by my sister, Ashley Condit. Um, Ash, that's not her name. No, that's, that's not my name. Also, and that just sounds like you have two wives. <laughs> Right, thank you. <laughs> Not into that. Not into that. So Ashley Dees um, is is with us today. So all right, uh, I've got a few clips today that we're gonna that we're gonna go through. Um, do you want to give a brief description of what this movie is? Yes, the clips are gonna do a pretty good job of that as well. But Cuties is it's a, it's a French movie. It's a French movie. It's a Sundance film. Um, it, Which most Sundance films are French films, right? <laughs> Um, and it is about a, um, a a little girl, an eleven year old girl who is uh, in a prepubescent, very troubled state. She's got a crazy religious family. Um, She's a, f- a fundamentalist Muslim family, right? Yes. And then contrasting that with the world of uh, preteen right. girls yeah and in the movie she finds out her dad when the film starts uh her dad is not in the picture it's just her mom and her aunt at her house um we find out shortly into the film that her dad is uh getting married to he's off finding a second wife um and to set the scene kind of what's just as far as what's going on in this little girl's life her name is amy um she is um she's got a little brother who's probably i don't know six if she's 11 he's probably five or six um and she he also they also have a baby like an infant in in a crib um so like a a tot an infant a one-year-old um but dad's off getting married to a second woman with this very young family at home um so amy overhears her mom uh 
talking about how her dad is is off getting married and you know she's already going she's like going into uh, a new school i guess probably a middle school and there's popular girls who are um are dancers um that's kind of the whole like picture uh, uh like high school musical feel but with like an mtv vibe um not school organized dancing, just no, just dancing like MTV yeah. dancing, much more well, social media dancing, right? It's like right. TikTok oh, yeah. trying pretty become, much trying to become a viral, yeah, celebrity. and it's like a talent show type scenario, right? Yeah. What it, yeah, um, yeah, it's like a dance crew. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the controversy is that like it's very sexualized dancing, there's there's a huge uh whole story and we'll go through the movie in a minute um but i do want to start with the controversy before because before we knew anything really even about the movie a month ahead of time the poster came out for netflix and i will say the poster was a bad fucking call on netflix uh part or or whatever pr studio they use right Um, and so it created a lot of controversy. I've got two clips that we'll, I mean, we'll do what we've been doing and we'll just go through them and kind of critique as we go along. Um, but this on the controversy itself, before we get into, uh, the, the actual substance and the story of the film, but then I've also got a clip later, uh, we'll hear from Tucker Carlson and, oh, my uh, favorite. and how, and how the, the different, tuck. how the different medias, um, talk about this film, uh, you know, as the last month has played out. So, so let's start off with the initial before anything, um, has, before the movie has dropped, uh, the, the initial controversy. This morning, Netflix is under growing fire after its release of the award-winning French film, Cuties. The movie, which debuted at the Sundance Film Festival in January, follows 11-year-old Ami, who lives in Paris and rebels against her religious family to join a group of dancers. The film's writer and director says Cuties is about navigating between different models of femininity in today's society. Our girls see that the more a woman is overly sexualized on social media, the more she's successful. And the children just imitate what they see, trying to achieve the same result without understanding the meaning. And yeah, it's dangerous. Fallout surrounding the movie began even before its Netflix debut. Last month, the streaming giant apologized and pulled this promotional poster for Cuties after it sparked outrage on social media. Netflix says its own choice of artwork was inappropriate. Let's talk about the poster for a second. Um, The poster is actually, like, it's a scene taken straight from the movie. Um, But it is of the, it's of the final dance scene. So these girls are in uh, costumes or outfits that I guess you would kind of more associate with, like a like a step it up type dance yeah, or movie gymnastic you un- i don't know it's, it's kind of i i feel like what you would see in like a hip-hop type routine or you know something acrobatic as yeah, well right especially if you're gonna be moving a lot with a dance number like mm-hmm. it makes sense that you don't want anything like free-flowing that's gonna get in the way right um so the poster they, is fucking stupid. Though. The poster like, is stupid because like the girls are in pretty like sexualized positions because mm-hmm. again it's part of the dance, which is the the you know, climax of the movie. 
Um, but you know, uh, and and Netflix is right to to come out and be like, yeah, our bad. It was it was kind of stupid, and it also kind of I feel like they kind of fucked up because they it defeats the whole message of the film. If the whole message of the film is, uh, look, uh, we have a society that glorifies the sexually sexualization of girls young people um then to pull that scene to put on your movie poster is almost taking you're trying it's profiting off the sexualization of those actresses who were telling a story about why it's bad to sexually exploit people so it's just like it's a bad play by netflix it is it's shooting yourself in the foot a little bit with the but then again, like the, if the movie's all about how social media and uh, and places like Netflix, which is, I mean, they're a part of the social sphere as much as uh, Twitter is. You know, Netflix right. makes the same. You know, Tiger mm-hmm. King made the same impact. But like, it, if the movie's all about like the fact that like, yeah, these things, social media and and the internet's gonna take everything and sexualize it, then like, it's not really a surprise that they took the poster for a movie and misinterpreted the message. No, it's not. But it does make sense why you would look at that poster and be like, this is bad. I mean, I think, like, the poster really is the cause for most of the controversy. Most of the controversy came be- before the, the movie be- was released. Right. They didn't have- well, the movie had premiered at Sundance, right? So critics had seen the movie. Yeah. And no one wrote anything saying, like, oh, this is a horrible movie and no one should watch it. And, right. Like, it premiered at Sundance. Sundance only accepts movies they think are of a high, like, right. caliber, like art house films. So, uh,. So and and it was interesting, I guess, too, that uh, the the French version of the poster. If you compare and contrast, like I, I also then again, like that's another strike against Netflix, in my opinion, because like the French poster was also a scene from the movie, but it was a clothed scene, like on the street, and like just consider like i think if both movies would have released with that poster nobody would be talking about this movie and then maybe that would be a bad thing because maybe this conversation is a good thing um i mean maybe this is what the the film intended anyway i think that the the film was intended to bring awareness of what happens in everyday society you know and and i think that people from the poster that netflix put out the american version it portrayed the the completely opposite point of the movie. Right. right. So, like, Brandon, like, this isn't a movie or a, even a problem you probably even consider. You're a man. You have two boys. So you don't really probably think about what girls are going to go through with social media versus you, you think of what kids are going to go through. But I don't think you've ever <laughs> thought about it from a female perspective. Not, so if, like, not from a personal standpoint. I can't say, like, a, a white man, a straight white man watching this movie is going to do any damage. Like, they're not, like... Unless your mind is messed up, you should come away with the message like, oh, yeah, isn't it messed up what kids go through these days? I would also argue, though, too, like for the the people that were arguing that this was made for, like, this is soft pedophilia. This was made for a pedophilia, like for a pedophile audience. Like, anything that has a kid in it is made for a pedophile audience, right? Like, because a pedophile is going to watch Disney, like Hannah Montana, the same way. Yeah, it's a a sign of a twisted brain. Like, I can hear the critics saying that, like, yeah, that's why you don't do these camera angles. And And we can get into that discussion later. I'll give you that to some extent. 
After its official U.S. premiere on the streaming service last week, the film is facing growing backlash. Some people are even canceling their subscriptions, and the hashtag cancel Netflix is trending. The Parents Television Council is urging Netflix to remove the film, rated for mature audiences, saying young actresses were sexualized in the making of this movie. In addition to being coached and trained in highly sexualized dance routines, these girls use foul, vulgar language. None of this was necessary to critique the sexualization of children. Okay, first point, vulgar language. Like, that's... Okay. I mean, when did you start cussing? I know I was pretty young. Like, that's just a dumb point to be throwing at it is like, oh, and it's also bad because, like, just shut up. Like, you, you have your argument. Do you like, remember don't the, add. Do you remember the movie, what was it, Dirty Grandpa or whatever the fuck it was, Bad Grandpa? Johnny, yes. Johnny, Johnny Knoxville. Knoxville. Do you remember the end of that movie where they have an eight to, like, thir- eight-year-old boy do a strip tease in front of a bunch of people? Like, on a pole? Oh, it, you mean they uh, sexually exploited a child actor? Yeah. They did, and it was like 10 years ago, and no one said shit about that. No, because... because it was a little boy, and it was in a different context. I just think if you're going to be, like, be consistent uh, children across the board. Um, but I also think that a lot of the outrage is not outrage that really is doing anything to, like, speak to any of that. Um, because I think that when you have outrage a month ahead of time, and you determine that this that now it's time to hashtag cancel netflix like you haven't even clearly if it's not out yet you haven't given it a chance to know what you're pissed about so like i'm gonna tell you to hold off for a minute anyway um but like okay so you we were all present for the controversy when it broke initially um we've all seen most of it right like i i know three of us have seen it frank you've seen parts of it i've seen a um, large majority of it not all in one you know i've seen so many damn videos making the argument both way that right. it's sexualizing children and that it's actually about so so yeah. take me through each of your experiences from the time the controversy broke to now after you've seen it is there a like is there a good argument for canceling your netflix subscription is there a good argument for, like, did they do something wrong? Um, in my opinion, I do not think that Netflix should be canceled over this film. I will say that in the very beginning, when all the controversy came out, I was like, mm, I don't know. It was a little on the fence, but I hadn't watched it yet. And so I was like, okay, well, me being, you know, a logical person, I'll I'll, I'll do the, the research first before I completely write off, you know, Netflix um so you know after watching it I I was like whoa this is way blown out of proportion people clearly either have not watched it or they went into it looking for something to go hey that that's not right you know are there uncomfortable scenes in the movie yeah but I think that's the point to express this is everyday stuff that females go through starting at a young age and i think that the the point of the movie is the exact opposite of what people are saying is that they're exploiting children i think the the point of the movie is hey this is what happened so let's have a conversation with our kids to try to keep this from happening yeah stacy yeah. yeah i agree 100 percent um 
I did see it twice, and the first time I saw it, I was by myself, and the second time I saw it, I was with Brandon, and I remember feeling a little bit different, a little more uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) watching it with you, but from a female's perspective, it wasn't anything new. Do you think that he got it as much as like you did? Watching him watch it, do you think he was absorbing it the same way that you and Ashley did, like, as women who grew up and went through that? Because you guys came oh. up around in the social media. Like, you were still teens when Facebook took off, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Right, so that was part Pre-teen. of your, like, yeah, yeah. exactly. I Maybe remember... not 11, but, like, you, that was around before you were, like, fully developed. Right. Yeah, young. Younger than MySpace said yeah. I was supposed to be, so... I think, honestly, any male is going to perceive it a little bit differently than a female because as a female, you're kind of in that that same You can put yourself in her shoes more than a male. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. And I would say that, too, about my what I assume that the difference in my experience was as we were sitting there watching it is that, like, okay, I can understand this and I can relate to this, but not in the way that Stacy or Ashley or, yeah. or any girl any... could relate could relate to it um, because in the same way that you can watch Boys in the Hood and you can relate to like that must suck to live but I, I, I don't gr- I didn't grow I up could, in that life well like... I could relate to it, it as far as like an age type pe- like because I can remember being vulnerable as a prepubescent teen too I can remember look like starting to look at girls for the first time I can remember I, competing with other males in like young even the other um, the, the weirdest thing like I was pantsed in school in middle school so that was the scene that got me I was like I know exactly what that feels like right. and it fucking sucks so like you know I I don't know I um, I think that yeah there's no way that that you can sit that that both sexes can watch that and come away from it with the exact same thing um but i do think that i came away with something valuable from it because i remember being vulnerable and it and i think as adults it's easy to fucking forget that time in our lives like we had a lot of shit going on and we don't like we can remember little bits of it. I can I think about from time to time something will happen and I'll think about this one instance in my childhood. But I don't think about like the constant vulnerability that happened for you know months or years or like whatever. And I think that like that shapes a lot of what happens in our fucking early life. Um so I don't know. What and do you- I think another point to, you know, to kind of remember, too, is like, you know, Stacy and I watching this movie, of course, are going to be able to put ourselves in there being female. However, as Brandon, you're saying is you are just as vulnerable as a male. It's just not talked about as much. Yeah. Right. And I, and I think that that's a, a good point to make is it should be. Well, yeah. and I think a big part and- of that is maybe a little bit what the other thing i said which is that like we're fucking busy as adults so we don't think about it and we don't like and a lot of the and things we that use we, social media a lot differently than teens do well and a lot of things that we do set them up set children up set our kids up to feel vulnerable and to experience things that maybe they shouldn't and we don't necessarily even know that it's happening but and we don't know that we're causing it um so I don't know. I just I think it's I I think it's an interesting movie because it it's brought up all of these just just this whole life that I don't 
live anymore because I'm past it. I'm older. And like, so it like, it just, I don't know. It's something that I don't think about a lot. And I think it's good to think about it because I have fucking kids. They're going to grow up into it. Um, you know, so, and I will say, I'm not going to cap out of my answer. I will tell you what I originally thought when the first, uh, when I first heard the controversy, but because it relates to a clip that I'm going to play in a couple of minutes, I'm going to wait until I'm ready for that clip. The movie has also sparked bipartisan backlash from lawmakers, including Democratic Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard and Republican Senator Ted Cruz. Cruz wants the Justice Department to launch a formal investigation into whether Netflix or the individuals involved in the filming and production of Cuties violated any federal laws against the production and distribution of child pornography. So Tulsi Gabbard and Ted Ted Cruz make the most unlikely bedfellows to no be behind shit. each other on an issue. Right? Like, and it makes me think that neither one of them had seen the movie before they started criticizing it. They just thought, like, oh, this will play into my, I can politic this. Uh, that's absolutely what they're doing. Um, also, what do you think about that? What do you think about the child pornography uh, accusation there by Ted Cruz? Um He's talking about the actors, right? He like is talking his... about the filming of the crew, like the dance, like he was gate anybody who's on set anyone who is involved with the filming of that yeah they for child pornography thoughts ashley my thoughts on it are that it's ridiculous that's my opinion i don't think that it needs to be investigated i think there are several scenes in the movie that show only for example, the scene of where she's watching the video under, you know, her her cloak, or I'm not exactly sure the term for that. Is that a burqa? What or she hajib? Was, the... It's not, no, because no. that's the full... I also don't know I the don't term. know it either. Yeah. I should have done that. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure of that exact term, but whenever she's, you know, they're in the circle praying, and she's kind of like... That's also my favorite scene of the whole movie, because yeah. that, that made me laugh, and that humor transcends the language barrier. Like... And I appreciate that because, like, that's just good humor. Like, she's there. She's back with her aunt and her grandma and whatnot, and they're they're all sitting there praying. And she goes into the uh, like under the, under the the cover of the veil, and mm-hmm. she like pulls it all the way up over her head. And now she's sitting there like swaying, and they're all praying. And yeah, she's watching that video. She's watching awesome. the video, which is a provocative video. Like you know? women in thongs. But isn't right. that also like that's a scene that would work for like Brandon? You were you went to Catholic school? Like you get the idea of goofing off when you're supposed to be deep in like right. that transcends oh, yeah. being a Muslim or Definitely. being you know like yeah, yeah. exactly. And and that's the just thing, the being a kid thing, right? And the thing that you know like they show what's on the video on the screen and then they kind of flash back to the actor of like showing her face and then they go back to the screen. So they don't actually show the child watching the video in the same scene of like seeing the video and the child at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's that... Um... So it's like the actor herself is probably really not watching well, the yeah. video. Have you ever seen you the, know? the Shining? The little boy who made that, Danny, the kid, kid yeah. play Danny, he didn't know he was making a horror film. They kept that from him. No right. shit. Yeah. He thought he was making a movie about a bunch of a uh, family that lived in a hotel. He didn't realize That's there were hilarious. ghosts in it. Because, and they would just get shots from him from other ways. Like, can you look scared? And he would do it. Like, there you go. He didn't know, like, 
I'm sure that she probably didn't like watch oh, yeah. that, you know. I'm sure. And that's why I think like the investigation I I I think that that's ridiculous. I don't that's think that Ted it, Cruz, like I'm so glad he's not president. <laughs> Stacy. I think it's a bit of a stretch um this pornography accusation, but um I I did I do think it's a really good movie. I really enjoyed the movie. But there were some things I get the outrage I can see the outrage over the scene where they're outside on the stairs and you get um, pretty close views of their private parts. And now that being said, I don't think that the cameraman was up in their butts. Like, I think that was edited Clo- after clothed two private parts, yeah. by clothed, the way. Clothed, yes, clothed. Um, well, no, Brandon, you talked about the scene, too, of uh, before we recorded about when she took a picture of her. The... Yeah, so that's one of – I actually was really happy. So one of the most controversial things that was said about it um, in, like, in the controversy that led up to the film even being released was that uh, in it she took a picture of her genitalia and then posted it online. And uh, – and so the way that I imagined that scene going was that, like, in my head, that was going to be, like, a sexualized scenario where a camera probably, like, panned down as she had a phone, and then, like, it was going to be sexualized. That's how I thought of it, because that's what, like, the criticism... That's what the media says. Yeah, right. that's what the yeah. criticism was. That's what people were yelling about, and that's not what happened. In no. it, in the movie, she steals a phone, which is how she's... This whole thing, like, is based around fucking facebook likes i mean it's not mm-hmm. facebook they well, use a different social media but social media likes um and like you know when she's dancing and she's with the popular crew like that's what they're trying to do is just get likes and whatever and in one of the scenes she gets into a fight with another girl and she gets pantsed right and in yeah. that being pantsed scene the they all start making fun of her because she's wearing little kids underwear so in the scene that actually is the french poster uh they have all she steals money from her mom she they and takes all of her friends out to buy underwear um and uh so in that scene on that poster it's them walking down the street after having bought underwear and bras and like whatever so she's trying she's having an internal struggle like now everybody at school is making fun of her because of the underwear and whatever um and she's trying to figure out how she's going to get back into the popular uh crowd and being and i don't even know if you caught caught this but before even that scene because that scene was a very desperate scene uh, Mm -hmm. to gain back the popularity even before that she's going through her mom's clothes like to in what that appealed to me is that she was going through her underwear drawer to try to find something that was more quote-unquote sexy yes yeah i didn't catch that so to wear yeah yeah i didn't catch that as if you were a young girl i'm sure that i would have yeah um Mm -hmm. or had been at one point right um but one thing that that I really liked about how that scene was done was because, again, when the controversy came out, it, I very much thought of it, you know, people are yelling about child sexual exploitation and whatever. I'm assuming that scene is going to be sexual, and it's not. It's uh, she's in a frantic moment um, where, you know, she's caught up in all of this. She's got to figure out a way to be popular. And in the middle of her having that internal struggle, 
person, her older cousin, who's in like his 20s or 30s, um, who she stole the phone from that she's been using to access social media, finds out that she's got the phone and he's trying to get it back from her. And there's a weird, awkward moment where she's like tries to sexually proposition him like she like takes her like she unbuttons her top and she starts to like unbuckle her belt or whatever and it's like clear it's just this weird thing where like you know she doesn't know what or why she's fucking doing this she's just doing what she thinks that because that's what she's gonna get her to keep the phone right because she thinks adults do (laughs) well because he's an adult to her like Eleven year old doesn't know the difference between a twenty two year old and no, a forty-year-old. And like this whole thing with the the dancing and whatever is like the the she's found that dance crew, she's becoming popular, and she's becoming popular because she taught them dances that she saw on hip hop videos, MTV style hip hop hip hop videos. Um and so you know, um so anyway, he's he's trying to get his phone back. She locks herself in the bathroom. And as he's banging on the door, she quickly pulls down her pants, takes the picture, and you don't see that, obviously. And then she posts it on Facebook. Um, the Facebook equivalent. I need to keep saying that. I don't want to get For sued. legal reasons. Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is. Social media. I should yeah. say social media. Insta-fo- Instabook. Instabook. <laughs> whatever the fuck it is. Um, so she posts it she posts it on social media quickly and then throws his phone back to him and like as an adult i'm sitting there going no 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 you don't understand what's about like the repercussions of your fucking actions right um but i was pleased that that scene which was uh which i thought would be a, a sexualized thing ended up being a like a tormented moment um, right, it was a, a it was out of moment. like desperation. The phone's getting ready to be taken away. Oh my god, I got to do something before I'm not able to do anything because I won't have the phone. Can I can okay. I speak on the the cancel Netflix thing real quick? Like I yeah. checked, Netflix's numbers didn't go down. They're not worth less mm. because of this one movie. And from where everywhere I stand, like this movie has way more merit and way more talking points than Tiger King or Bird Box or any of the right? fucking other Netflix movies that like. It, infiltrate the the zeitgeist for like mm-hmm. two seconds <clears throat> yeah, yeah i mean but i also feel like the conversation is not the right one we should be having that's not the one the movie was trying to make exactly. not, well not the this is an exploitation of children no that like and that's what sucks and that's why i hope that this conversation is the conversation that the that the movie was trying because i couldn't help but think that like Fuck, everything I've heard about this is wrong as mm-hmm. I've been as yeah. I was watching it. There again, there there is inappropriate dancing. That's the point that it's making. And again, but it, while it's, I was it would kind of be hard to make a movie about the sexualization of children without showing some kind of sexualization of children, right? Yeah. You can't make a movie criticizing violence and not show violence. That's and, the whole point of and it. And in like, in my in my opinion, I think they did it in the best way that they could, you know, as far as like they, it, it, my perspective is that they were trying to keep it. Well, I've read, I listened to some interviews with the, the director and the writer, or is it two, I think it's the one writer and director who mm-hmm. worked on it together, but they were talking about the fact that they had, they took careful pains to real, like to try to get the story through everyone's head. So it wasn't just something that like you had to have lived it to, you know, to get yeah. it. So, like, I think the movie has a lot of great care taken in how they present the story and what parts they choose to sexualize. And, Brandon, like, you were telling me, Brandon, like, the clips, the three clips that are actually 
Yeah, the like, so there's like about th- what three dance scenes where like it's sexualized dance and the camera angles are kind of fucked. Like, and I said that while I paused it while we were watching it. Um, and I, you pointed it out. I didn't really have such a problem the first time I watched it as I did when you were sitting next to me and I. I realized for some reason in my head. That well, was, it, was it because there was a male gaze there? And when you watched it, you realized that it was the point, and you're like, man, I don't know if everyone's going to get the point well, they're making and I, because of those camera yeah. angles. And I stopped it because I was like, okay, well, here's the thing. The movie's been making great points and all of this, and like I saw it, like, but once we got to, I think it was like, so there's a scene where she is after uh, her family has called her a whore or like whatever i think it might have been after the picture uh they do the it's it goes back to the fundamentalism they're doing like cleansing and she's standing there in like a t-shirt and underwear um and they're throwing cold water at her she's like standing with her feet in a bucket of water or whatever and she starts to act like she's being cleansed of the demons and she starts to like shake like uh like she's convulsing but then she gets down on off like she gets down on her knees and she starts basically twerking. And I was trying to figure out and, and you both can give me uh, uh, some help here, because as I was watching that, I was trying to decide was the point that the direct was the, the point that they were trying to make with the character as she got down and did that. Was that character uh, intentionally twerking as if that was the demon leaving her? Or did she not know that she was even doing it in that moment? I think it, it's hard to say. I think you could you could kind of go either way on that one. And it may not be important. My take on it, and I think probably what they were trying to portray is more of the fact is she was, was mocking almost. Was yeah, doing that to basically show that okay, this this demon is coming out of her. And now, like, like that's how it's exiting because those are things that, like, the dance moves that she's taught people and things like that. So now that's coming out of her, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. In that scene, uh, like I said, she's in underwear. And, like, the underwear are pretty high up, like, wedgie style. Um, and the camera is, like, at times in the same in the same position that a camera in porn would be in. Um, Can I say that I didn't real, I didn't think any of this like as a possibility in my head, it was all pretty innocent as I was watching it. I just personally. Mm-hmm. And then the second time I watched it, I, you were uncomfortable, like audibly you told me. And I was like, well, is there something wrong with me not being uncomfortable with this? I, I don't think so because I think it's all about the interpretation. And I think if it, and well, I, I think felt- as a man too, when you think that someone is trying to sexualize a 11 year old girl in front of you, the, the proper response that most men should have is yeah. to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. That's not right. Right. Whereas a girl, you're like, you're I, I, or a woman. I think you're more like, re- Oh, I remember this time in my life. Yeah. Where I was you're doing putting this. yourself in yeah. your shoes versus we're, we're looking at it more of, like well, and they even have party. they even have a really good scene in the movie where uh, they it's crazy how awesome how like they're these girls are like exploring all of this shit that like they don't 
know what they're getting into but at the same time in between that like so they'll be watching videos with uh women lifting up their shirts and men dancing in thongs and whatever and then in the next scene they're eating cotton candy um and then in the next scene uh they're playing with a condom that they find on the like out in the fucking woods and and the one girl starts crying because she didn't know that it was a condom like she blew it up and she was like one i think one of the line was like look it's a boob you know yeah and 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 they like shame her and it's like it's tough yeah like they shame her and what's great about that moment cinematically is that that girl has been one of the kind of like bitchy bullies instigating yeah. and well, it just shows you that like a lot of those kids are only mean because they've been yeah and so she has been a picked on that's her right. first vulnerable moment in the movie and it and they and it's done really well um and then after they're playing with a condom they sneak into a, like in a fucking arcade or whatever like a little like fun town place and then so laser tag and laser tag that's what it is and then security catches them and it's two adult male security guards and they're not like they want to call their parents or whatever the girls are pleading with the security guards not to call their parents um and uh in that moment, they find out that they've been, they get a text that they've been accepted into this dance competition, which is the final dance competition. Yeah. Um, and so they celebrate and they start telling the the security guards that they're dancers and they start doing the dances to them. Ami, the main character, starts Ami doing the dance. They, don't they all? At, or just dancing. But they, they're, isn't it a few of them that are that break into it? Because I feel like as they leave, as they leave, they're cheering because okay. they got the text. But but yeah, the the at least Ami, like she she starts like twerking and writhing on the ground. You know, she's got like jeans on in the scene. Um, but both characters are there's an insinuation. Like the way that the the eyes of one of the of the oldest guy, mm-hmm. um, there's an insinuation that he may be like looking at this in a certain way that's not the way you would want it to be. Yeah. Um, that like his gaze is different from the from Makes his partners. Mm-hmm. But as soon, but I think that was intentional to to cinematically to make a point, right? Because as he's gazing. He turns and he's like, he does what, and I paused it here too and to tell Stacy like, okay, I don't know how you feel about that, but that's how every rational dude would react is like, not the gaze, but what happens next is like, because they're both, it's, it's an awesome facial expression because it's in between being like a gaze of like, like a lustful gaze and a like quizzical like what is going the fuck on right yeah Yeah. and then he turns and he opens the door and he essentially is like get the fuck out of here like go 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 like and that's what any fucking dude would do like that's it would be be awkward that should be the response like it should be fucking awkward as shit you snuck into an arcade and then you did a weird dance like get the fuck out of here Right. right Critics online also calling on the Obamas and Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, high-profile Netflix-producing partners, to speak out against the film. We're about to get to why what my initial reaction was a month before the movie but, came out. Can we get, like, why didn't they ask Adam Sandler? He's made, like, 13 minutes for Netflix. <laughs> I think it's because it's part of a movement to smear your political enemies. 
Netflix is pushing back, telling its critics to watch the movie before attacking it, calling it a social commentary against the sexualization of young children and a powerful story about the pressure young girls face on social media and from society more generally growing up. And its director insists many are missing the point. The real question of cuties is, can we as women truly choose who we want to be beyond the world models that are imposed upon us by society. The Justice Department has not commented on an investigation, and Netflix says no child nudity was used in the making of the film. Oh, yeah, I guess I should stop there for a second to say, um, as far as, like, the child pornography from from my perspective, because I, I never answered that question, uh, that complete bullshit. Like, there, yeah. that is... Such a reach. It's like, Ted Cruz. I don't know why Tulsi Gabbard got on that. Apparently, she decided she could make a fucking decision, take a stance on something. Well, and I hate to um, tell, I, I want to tell Ted Cruz, like, you know, this, the director, Brian Singer, director of the X Men films, who's been accused of rape and a bunch of stuff to young, like, under 18 boys. And he directed a movie where he, like, required them to shoot a shower scene, which they sued him over. Like, Why isn't he, direct, like, demanding that there's an investigation Ted, into that? If Ted Cruz watches Woody Allen movies... Right, or fucking... Uh, shut the fuck up. Roman Polanski, any number of male directors who've done horrible shit and whose careers have not been affected at all. So now, this next clip is going to answer what I thought when the uh, controversy first arose a month before the movie came out. And, and, like, initially, I had one thought before I knew shit about it, before I even saw the poster. With Stephanie, uh, some of the criticism also comes from supporters of the conspiracy theory, called, this group called QAnon. So t tell me more about that. Yeah, I mean, this is really separate to a lot of the criticism, but it has energized this group, QAnon, which believes, among other things, that Hollywood is controlled by a group of pedophiles, Savannah. And the hashtag Save the Children, which has been connected to the group, has been trying The fact that they have to say they believe, among other things, because among they, other believe things, they believe everything. Yeah. Every conspiracy, Literally JFK, like, I mean, yeah. back to, like, the founding of the country. There's not a conspiracy they've met they've rejected yet. Yeah. So that was my initial thought, though. As soon as I heard the cuties thing, because, again, like I said a couple episodes ago, um, I was in the middle of that, like, I'm on all these Q pages, um, just kind of surveying what's going on. I was involved, like, I was part of the Save the Children pages um, <laughs> on there. You might not want to take credit for that. I, yeah, I shouldn't say I was part of. I was on those to you were watch lurking i was I mean, lurking yes. i was surveying the the surroundings the internental surroundings um and like a mole <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh so so it just fit like it was par for the course like it it seemed like okay all of this other shit is going on bill gates and all of this crazy don't wear masks wayfair and, and yeah and then cuties was yeah. right after that it was well that fucking makes sense this is just more QAnon bullshit um and i and and i don't think that it is like i think QAnon latched onto it and QAnon is exploiting it and they're abusing it and they're looking for anything that supports but, their theory but i also don't think anybody should misconstrue every bit of this conversation for that last sentence that it is QAnon bullshit yeah. because because i think that this conversation well, proves that that's not where you, i'm at have you guys this. ever seen netflix has a show called uh patriot act with um i can't remember the guy's name who who He's a Middle Eastern guy who, who does it, and it's like a talk show he does about – it's like a John Stewart or John Oliver type show or whatever. Um, 
But there's an episode that Netflix got in trouble because they removed an episode that was critical of Saudi Arabia in Saudi Arabia. They wouldn't let that episode air. And a lot of people will criticize them and be like, well, you're not – that's not free speech. You're, you know, you're kowtowing and you're not letting the criticism affect the people that could, it would actually change. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a much more like uh, strict example of how Netflix is failing people and should be shamed into doing the right thing. Versus this is like they were trying to do the right thing with this. This mm-hmm. was like a right. socially conscious effort. That but just didn't work. I knew mm-hmm. I I could have told you had I known that this movie was going to come out like before the controversy broke, I could have told you that this controversy was going to break because I know where QAnon has been in uh in election year and like of course this was a recipe for conspiracy people to blow shit up. And again, I don't think that the controversy is completely conspiracy conspiratorial. Mm-hmm. There is decent criticisms to be made here and there um i also though see that it has been abused by that and um if you want a the thing that bothers me is that it's not just the internet trolls it's not just the internet QAnon. um if you all you have to do is look to right-wing legitimate news sources um and you can find a similar backing. Let's hear what uh, Fox primetime host Tucker Carlson, Carlson spelled with a Q, <laughs> had to say about cuties. Now the company Netflix, which of course dominates scripted television, is saying it's deeply sorry after releasing a poster to promote its movie, Cuties. Take a look at the poster. What's the first thing you think of? It's sexualizing young girls, really young girls, not 16-year-old girls, like 11-year-old girls. The poster shows them dancing in a crop dance whoa, costume. Whoa. Why does he think it's okay to sexualize 16-year-old girls but not 11-year-old girls? That's still under the age of... Right? Or does he take the lowest age of consent in America as, like, his Bible of where he has to stop? That's where it is. That's a creepy fucking statement. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, Can I ask a question, too, of the, like, the two women in the room? Um... The, I, like, is this more controversial because we haven't had many movies during the pandemic? Like, had you guys gone and seen this in a theater, just on like a date night or whatever, a night all? Like, would it have would it have struck you as an odd movie or like a that it had an agenda? Like, if, would it would it have given me a different look on the movie? Yeah, well, I've I've seen so many movies like Transformers movies where they cast an eighteen year old actress and they sexualize her to a point that is way more than this movie did. Right. I mean, mm, I I don't know, man. Those camera angles like are different. Like you do not get those in normal films. So no. like I will give, like I will give some, cre- <coughs> excuse me, some credence to that. Like when people talk about the sexualization that is in the film, it's there. I think it's intentional, is and it? I think Absolutely. people miss now, that. Is yeah. it more like I'm just thinking like when uh, that '70s show started? Mila Kunis was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she's yeah. doing scenes with Ashton Kutcher, who's like 17, 18, and they're talking about sex and losing your virginity, and they're doing scenes about it. Like, is that not the same? Like, she had there, there's context behind those scenes. She has to know what she's talking about as a 14 year old. I mean, you draw, a, yeah, like, I get what I you're just, I don't think this is a thing that only Netflix has done. Like, every, like, Fox News no, had but put on that 70s show. Yeah, but Fox I Fox News paid for that. 
But I would not compare what, even though the content. Well, is I mean, there, they also had Mila Kunis in like a bikini in Fantasies of Kelso. Yeah, but they didn't have like, her bent over with her hands. Well, I mean, they legs. have like yeah. Kelso's having a fantasy about the three like main girls like all rubbing him in like Charlie's Angel style. Like, Again, is that not as bad? It's mm, no, it's no, not. It's, Maybe no, not no. Not as I mean, she's in a bikini, like like I can't give I can't, the movie. I, I can't give the movie a, a a a total pass because like what you're asking, like no, I think that like this is where this is more sexual. This is more sexualized, and this is more like on the line. I don't think it crosses the line because I think that I. I think there's a purpose to this film that people aren't like fully. Well, I know people aren't fully grasping. And I think that some of the angles, yes, are questionable. But I do think that they intended them to be questionable because this is unfortunately something that does happen in everyday life. And I think that the purpose is to educate, to prevent things and to basically hey let's talk to our children about things that that we should do and you know did this movie because all three of you have kids unlike me yeah did this movie make you think about um how you're going to control your kids social media experience as they get older oh definitely yeah like uh, that's a win like if that's the only thing it did was like make you think like i'm gonna like i'm gonna follow their social media accounts i'm gonna check their dms or whatever like that's the movie did its job. Yeah. And I yeah. think another part of a part of this movie is to say, hey, newsflash people like this is something that we've gone a long time without discussing and we just throw it back and not think about it. Let's bring this back to reality and right. say like, hey, this stuff is still happening. You still need to have these conversations with your kids. You still need to and protect your children. It's actually getting worse as more because I know I mean, and I'm not criticizing at all, but every parent I know uses the tablet in youtube oh yeah like we're a, gonna as soon as we get done with uh tucker q over here we like we're gonna go into to that like the tablets and the okay and, yeah and, we'll and what, yeah and what parents um and not what parents do i just i don't need parents are adapting to right. a situation no parent has ever had I to don't, deal with i don't even need to throw shade at the parents i can just tell you what kids have access to by the numbers and it's sho- well and, it's and there's, shocking there's a fine line between being a responsible parent and not letting your kid be have the freedom to grow up mm-hmm. you know, like we all when we were 13 we had our we were starting to like have our own fantasies and like probably search on the internet right and you don't want to stifle that but you don't want them to be a prey for a predator well and to ashley's point about pushing everything under the rug like how appropriate then that the response to this movie would be hashtag cancel netflix <laughs> like because people don't want to fucking address it and i think that that's why this might be this might be uh, an overall win uh yeah honestly the, if the, I, I i guarantee you the people who like okay that poster not that they wanted this, but they're like, anything that gets people talking is a win for us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because I... it's more conversation than we were going to have if it just came out and faded. Right. Yeah. Like every other Netflix movie. Well, and this should be making the Save the Children people fucking happy as shit. Because like now we're sitting here in a fucking living yeah. room having a conversation <clears throat> as fucking adults and parents. Exactly. Like... That, that director and writer should be hailed as like, you guys are like, make another movie. Right. You know, talk about it more. So, I don't know. Um, but I do think that one of the reasons that... That it that we haven't been able to get there is because of guys like Tucker Q. 
costumes. Some parents are offended. You should be offended by this. They're trying to get the cuties removed, removed from Netflix. The company says it's a film about an 11-year-old girl who rebels against her family to join a salacious dance crew. Okay. Okay, so obviously you like you hear the sarcasm, you hear him. He's supposed to be a news guy, right? But he's telling you parents should be offended by this. Um, and so, you know, I just it it's whatever. I he has an interview. He has a guest come on who is a film a self-professed, uh, I guess, film critic. He, that that might be disingenuous. I'm assuming because he's talking to Tucker Carlson that he probably is worth nothing <laughs> um you couldn't get on cnn so. um but it but i think that like and i only left this interview in and i don't even think i i don't even give you the whole interview but i left this in because i think it's important to push home the point that uh that there's a reason that there's a controversy here and it's because there's certain groups of media of online movements and and whatnot that that want it to be a controversy and if you don't hear the the q anon in this interview between both of them between his guest and between himself like i don't know i don't know how else to put it for you it's like all the talking points are here without jfk jr armin white is a film critic at national review he joins us tonight mr white thanks so much for coming on what why this constant impulse to sexualize young girls from the people who tell us they're protecting girls. What is this? Well, we have to remember it's not really new, Tucker. No. Uh, it goes all the way back to Madonna. I mean, I, I remember back in the 80s when Madonna came on the scene, and I think it was even Morrissey who said that after this, what's left? And since Madonna, since then, uh, the media has found a way to, to influence and ruin uh, young generations. I mean, the MTV is based on is based on the pernicious indoctrination of young people into sex and alcohol and and drugs. Don't say the MTV. Yeah, never. <laughs> yeah, like, that's like you've you just don't, proven you're the least cool person. You on... don't. I, I don't say the TikTok. <laughs> no. And just smoke the pot. Yeah, right, right. Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's that guy. <laughs> like. Yeah. Oh, man. But when these kids get on the Facebook, I also days. think it's interesting that like all of this starts with Madonna. Had Madonna not been, then like there would not be an issue. Okay. Was it not like, can you not go back further to Elvis thrusting his hips? and Why is there always a woman? Like, uh, it's ridiculous. It's also not, you can't time. You, there's no time stamp. When did this start? Yeah, there, I can tell you literally, right around the time that Game of Thrones took place. I don't know. If, like, if you go to Pom like Pompeii, the city that was covered in a volcano and like frozen in time, a lot of the things they discovered were graffiti that were just like, John has a big dick. <laughs> and that's literally, like, it's not new. We've always been this no, way. No, no. We're, we're always that guy. And that's John's legacy. Decent legacy. This is what our mainstream media, our democratically based media is based on. If you were, I don't know, handing out Marlboros to sixth graders, you would be seen as a villain. This is so much worse than handing out mm -hmm. Marlboros because it, it corrodes people inside. It helps shape the course of their lives in a really bad direction. And yet we don't even know the names of the people who are pushing this crap. Why don't the rest of us say something about it? 
first of all, you're saying something about it. Second of all, how do you not know the names? How do you not know the names? You have a research staff. Those are fucking available. Definitely available. I know the names because I looked them up, and one of the editors is named Stephanie, and he's a man because that's cool in France. See? The the, the fucking information is available. It might be Stefan. It's whatever. (laughs) Stefani. I know the name because... Like somebody also, who doesn't get fucking paid for this. I did the research, Tucker. I still think it's stupid. Like you could, you know, who you could have gotten that instead of that stupid ass interviewee you just had. You could have gotten the director. You're one of the biggest. You're the biggest news show. You keep. You, they always brag about their numbers and that they're number one because old people watch the news and they watch Fox. Like, well, and he's, you could have gotten the director well, to come on and the talk about the too. movie. But he's, no, he's because the then that, that director would have made some sense. Yeah, exactly. They can't have that. So instead they get some kind of doom and gloom preacher who's going to come on and talk about how this is like, it started with Madonna in the 80s because <laughs> that's, that's when he first got mad about it. Also, that's a horrible analogy, the Marlboro analogy. Like, yeah, like if you're... Uh, and how do you yeah i just don't i don't get it you don't know who's peddling this the whole thing is just shit tucker do your job better it kind of like disproves this point because if you give a six-year-old a marble the kid's just gonna look at it and be like what am i supposed to eat this you know yeah they're they're not gonna know know. it's true i have personal experience on on i love that tucker that's his example of corrupting the youth is sitting there handing out single cigarettes to kids he probably is jesus that that might cross some lines. He's probably not legally. Legally, you know, it's funny. As a as a pop culture critic, I've realized for years that people think that Hollywood is their friend. It's not their friend. Uh, no. One of Trump's great phrases is "the enemies of the people," and the mainstream media has become enemies of the people. This is this is why they use sex uh, to lure young people's imaginations and to get them to get them uh, concentrated on on self abasement self-abuse and self-exploitation because MTV tells them and Hollywood tells them this is the route to fame. First of all, has he watched MTV since 99? They I don't, don't think show so. videos anymore. No, I don't. Well, it's all reality the TV. MTV. The <laughs> They're MTV. different. They are different. <laughs> I own the URL to one of them. Also not true. Um, the MTV.com. The Check MTV. it out. .com. Uh, I the only reason I played that, and I don't need to hear any more of his bullshit. The only reason I play that is because it's the whole. It, it, he's talking about well, Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood. This is a French fucking film. This, they, like, and the point of doing the Hollywood thing is the it's the perpetuation of QAnon's bullshit. It's the perpetuation of that movement. It's a way to take to get those voters, those people who are watching, riled the fuck up. And not have to say it because now it's not kosher to say QAnon anymore. Fox could say it a few months ago and then people started digging and now it's not cool. So like they can, I mean, I don't know if you saw Frank, uh, Newt Gingrich talk, say George Soros on Fox two weeks ago and they like, they shut him down, shut him down. It was awkward as fuck. Uh, You can't do that anymore. And he was so confused. He's like, no, this is our, this is our enemy. This is our thing. This is our secret code word. Um, we really mean Jewish. We yeah. But so um so that's the last clip I have. Uh I'm we'll finish I want to summarize the end of this movie real quick and then go into it. Because that ending scene is the whole like 
with any movie that has a moral. How it ends is so important. And the last scene of that right. movie is like wrapping it up with a bow. If you don't get it, they're hitting you over the fucking head with a shovel. Right. Yeah. Um, at the end, it, she's doing the dance competition. There's uh, all of those moves are happening. The the, move, the questionable, inappropriate moves, whatever. Um, the audience is watching. At first, the audience seems to be going along with it. As it gets more sexualized, the audience, some of the audience starts to like kind of they demur and kind of like yes uh. like oh shit what's that like it seems to be not all of them and i think that that's purposeful that like there's a good portion of the audience that's just cheering it on the whole time but because that's symbolism that's what they would be doing then there is another portion of the audience that kind of at a point starts to like look at it a little with their head turned well you hear uh, booze like yeah that's why i think she's and then in a very artistic scene, the like kind of every all the lights fade out around Ami, the main character, and the light like the camera zooms in really fast, um, and like and she's crying and she realizes that she has sexualized herself and she fucking runs away. She runs home to her mom who uh, and her aunt. And and um, her aunt, she's wearing the the outfit. She's been crying. Whatever. She shows up. She's all her makeup is gone and whatever. She's crying. And they don't know she's been at this. And they don't know she's been yeah, at yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. But they've heard rumors that about the picture on social media about like they've heard rumors that she's the whore. Um, and so and the aunt who is extremely religious fundamentalist starts calling her that and it's one of the first time it's not I think it's like the second time the biggest time in the movie where mom steps in and, and defends her daughter and it's a really great scene because for me and not being in a not from a female's perspective but just from a parental perspective from me when she when Ami runs in crying to, and and her aunt starts shaming her and and uh, I don't know if there was no hitting in that scene but like shaming her and calling her names and whatever and mom steps in to me instantly I was like well mom probably sees some of her own story in Ami and, or just like, not and blaming knows, a child for making a mistake yeah that, like, that does no good um and then and and then she basically tells her like that you don't have to go to your father's second wedding um which is like that's a theme that's running through the whole movie too that's part of her her conflict her internal struggle and all of this she feels like her mom got played like she's not good enough um and which plays in the whole story about how women are used by men and right. how they're objectified in the whole, you know like and, and and then after that after she tells her she doesn't have to um, go, the, the last scene is her walking outside with like a buttoned up, not a turtleneck, but a, a shirt that's buttoned up to the neck and then jeans. And she asks a group of kids if she can jump rope with them. And like, and so it's kind of, and it, there's symbolism of her not choosing either life, well, like religion and, or And there's a hard, dancing. there's hard symbolism in the scene before it, because there, through the movie, there is, um, the wedding dress that she's supposed to wear to her father's wedding very much symbolizes uh, her womanhood. And like, there's one scene where she looks at it and she sees the dress bleeding as if she had her period. Um, and, and well, you don't know that yet. You don't know that yet, but you know what it symbolizes. For, it foreshadows, right? Gonna, yeah. And so at the end, there's a scene before she walks outside where the outfit that she's wearing on stage is sitting next to the dress that appears to be like a full figured one. Like there's, it doesn't, it's not a flat dress on the bed. It looks like a mannequin top 
kind of. Yeah. Um, because like there's a lot of symbolism there, and in then she, when she walks outside, it's clear that like she's chosen to live Not, somewhere in between that, uh, like most people do, or be a kid. Right. Um, and I think I think um, unfortunately because of all the controversy and everything that's come out, like the movie has a lot of points besides just how kids are, you know growing up too fast in a sense mm-hmm. um that that don't even get touched on you know like no, i mean i go ahead it, well just you know like certain points of you know ami feeling like okay now my dad's getting married to this other woman and that one's kind of addressed but you got to look about at all the other kids in the film too as far as like um, and I can't remember all of their names, but, you know, her best friend, um, Angelica, I think yeah. is her name. Yeah. Um, you know, she comes from a family where her parents aren't around. Like, nobody's, you know, teaching them anything. Nobody's there. They kind of have, like, a disapproving family life. Um, you know, the girl who didn't know that she was picking up a condom. She, one of her arguments was, how was I supposed to know? Yeah. Because she's not being educated on that. You know, there's things that hit different aspects of poverty and, you know, yeah. And, and so there's a lot of things in this movie that I think are great, great points and everyday real things that go along with. Yeah, I, I think it's well. also just smart, like very smartly written in the fact that like mm-hmm. her dad's new marriage comes at the same time that she's like beginning to realize what sex is and becoming sexualized herself. And she's seeing a literal example of her mom being traded in for another woman and which is confusing her more and making her that much more anxious of like, I have to do this right or I have to grow up soon or I have to, you know, whatever. Well, I thought that was that was something that Stacy and I talked about, too, uh, at one point during the movie last night, I paused it and said that like one of the things that hasn't been touched on in any of the conversations about this movie is the mom's position. Like I feel as bad for the mom throughout this entire thing as I do for uh, me. And what, like, how did you feel Stacy watching along with like just the mom's story that was happening simultaneously because they're kind of separate. I um, wanted to cry. Um, it was very, it's hard, um, being a mom it, alone. And then, I mean, that's this mom. She doesn't have her husband around. He's in another country fighting another wife. She's raising three kids, one of which is a newborn. I mean, I, it's hard. And she, I think in her head is raising her daughter, right? She's bringing her to these religious things where, I mean, they're praying, as far as her mom knows, she doesn't, right. she's not involved. You do get, that, she's you get that sense of her mom trying to like, I'm trying to instill values in our religion, but at the same time, like she's going to step in when the aunt goes too far. Like you're not going to berate my kid for being vulnerable or being not perfect, which every kid is, you know. You know, and I think it kind of goes back. It, it can be related to the point of, of the fact of uh, me feeling very, um, I have to act this way so that men don't want to look elsewhere i think that you can tie into that point yeah. as well um now granted she's very young and i don't but think yeah that but that's, that's even more of it that's even more like the reason why she's confused of like what do right. boys want you know mm-hmm. like, right mm-hmm. and and not really knowing because she also doesn't you know they barely know what condoms are or why underwear is important or whatever right. so overall a good movie for there's an argument that the movie 
makes good points, but because of how it was filmed may not have, maybe it shouldn't have been made or at least made that way. Can I say one thing? No. (laughs) I, I get it. Like there's, um, obvious we're talking about it we were talking about it a month before it came out but i don't think we would be talking about it they wanted to make sure in those camera angles that you had to look where they wanted you to look they were making you a voyeur almost They're yes you they want you to make they want to make you uncomfortable that was the yeah. point because that was my thought like if they really wanted to they could have done a static shot to the side yes right and, and and like you don't even see what the you see them like performing to the audience but they didn't they made right. you the audience and be like yeah this is what you're often fed through commercials or like how often do you see a commercial for hardy's where it's a like a scantily clad woman on the hood of a car. Like, what yes. does that have to do with hamburgers? Well, and I also wondered, too, if that part of those, uh, and I can already hear the critics saying that, like, oh, you're we're making excuses now. But I, I also wondered if just because of the other symbolism with the dresses and the outfits and whatever, that and the vision that she would have, like, because she had the vision of the blood before it happened. Like, obviously, that wasn't happening. I almost wondered if the camera angles were so were to present it from this perspective of this is what the children are seeing themselves as, because this is what they're trying to aspire to, because this is what we as adults have fucking right. they're, they're trying into. to be. Beyonce or Megan mm-hmm. Thee Stallion or whoever the fuck they're watching on a music video that yeah. they think or like that's what a woman is. And I think too, um, I've got a few sheets here that you guys have. Um, it, it's while we're on this point of what they're trying to be, I think it's good to go through some real numbers here about what kids have access to because I didn't know this until I started looking this stuff up today. Um, uh, see CNBC.com. Um, article from December 22nd, 2018. According to a report by Influence Central, the average kid gets their first smartphone at age 10 and opens their first social media account by the age of 11 and a half. By the time they're 12, 50% of kids use at least one social media platform. Um, that is sign- so young. Yeah. To sign up, most of them, or many lie about their age, um, and that's because popular sites like Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, they limit their age or their age limit is 13. Um, but there's no oversight. There's no way to prove that. It's your word Every and a fucking email address. Probably clicked on a I am over 18 yeah. button at some time in our life. And we when weren't. we weren't. Yes. Um, some other interesting numbers here. Uh, I pulled this article from Net Sanity um, from September of 2017. According to eMarketer.com, 5.7 million children under the age of 11 have accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat, all of which have age restrictions and are in- that are intended to keep children from using them. Um, from the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, March 2018. Surveys show that 90% of teens aged 13 through 17 use, have used social media. 75% uh, report having at least one active social media profile and 51% report visiting a social media site at least daily. Two-thirds of teens have their own mobile devices with internet capabilities. On average, teens are online almost nine hours a day, not including time for homework. Which I would say that sounds like a lot, but as someone who is always online himself, like I probably exceed nine hours a day. I bet we don't. I don't, I mean, 
I bet we don't. I, I bet it. Found the time. I, I bet it feels that way, but I still bet you we don't, um, because there are times where I've spent days I mean, I, on. Yeah. I mean, days like today well, when I mean, I'm pulling clips social, and shit. Social media presence. So like, I use Twitter. I don't use Facebook. I don't really Instagram. I don't TikTok. Uh, I do use Snapchat, but very, like very, very rarely. I'll go days or weeks. I forgot yeah. to sign into it for months at one point. But, like, Twitter's the only thing I use. Like, I know, Brent, you use Facebook. Uh, I use Facebook mostly. Um, I do – I have Twitter accounts, but mostly I just – like, if I'm on Twitter, I'm usually just scrolling for a few minutes. Or or what will happen is I'll read an article on Facebook about a tweet, and then I will go find a thread. Um, but I'm not I'm not a huge Twitter user. Uh, I used to have Tumblr account but that was a long ass oh you're, you're taking me back that was a long ass days. fucking time ago <laughs> what about um, a, you had a myspace didn't you you, you seem I like did. A My- you did i did a yeah i have a myspace <laughs> um but i have not had uh i don't have like an insta or um tiktok or snapchat. i honestly like snapchat no i only have facebook and i am on there every so often i'm not the typical social media junkie that most society has kind of turned into took me 10 years to get her to get an account I literally <laughs> i'm not even joking not get <laughs> like... a facebook account until like 2015 <laughs> so like you know it just and and still to this day when i'm on facebook i'm like scroll 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 stupid 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 mm-hmm. stupid and then i'll i'll see like a cute dog or something be like oh, that's cute. <laughs> Stacy, social media presence? I got Facebook. I'm not as good about it as Ashley, but I'm not as bad as normal, I guess. How much time do we spend on social media in a day as adults? Social media, I would say I spend pretty minimal on my phone, which like being social, like texting people or like we do text threads for the podcast that we, we update or whatever or joke about. Like I'm on my phone pretty even when i'm at work and i'm staring at a screen and i'm I like i have a podcast on i still pull out my phone routinely to check and update messages and put in my snarky ass comment or tag a senator on t- twitter like if you look at my twitter it's mostly me tagging rich people i bet you there's a social media site that you're on more than you know and you don't even consider it a social media site Let's go into some more numbers. Uh, latest teen social media numbers. 65% of parents surveyed by Pew researchers said they worry about their kids spending too much time in front of screens. YouTube was the most used social media app among teens in 2019, followed by Instagram, Snapchat, Instagram, and Snapchat. Um, YouTube is not one that I considered in the social media, but of you course know, it is. Of course it is, because like, you're, you're posting just as many of your views, and you're changing people's minds. Yeah. And you're, yeah. Yeah, probably more so than than a lot. Well, actually, honestly. probably, and considering how young kids start, like, the first social media you get is YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like, I, every parent I know, and it's no criticism, My, you, they hand a tablet and, like, our, watch, watch Blippi for 10 minutes yes. while I, I cook dinner. And Frank only knows Blippi because of the children <laughs> in this house. Well, children in my life, but yes. Yeah, that's true. He's, um, a, he's a phenomenon. TikTok became the, yeah, but I do envy him. Like, God, I envy cool him, job. but I'm also curious, like, man, would... Would Mr. Rogers be even more popular if he'd started out on YouTube? Maybe. Or was he only good because, like, no one else was doing that back in the day? I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hard to pull somebody out of a time and put them in another time and make a 
accurate. Okay, but if we all saw Blippy back in the 90s on PBS, we'd be like, what the fuck is no, this No, we'd be like, that's Pee Wee Herman without the fucking masturbation. I still Wait say, for it. what the fuck is this? Okay? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, come on, Blippy. I know you're teaching some good things from what I hear, but I can't stand you. <laughs> um, TikTok became the fastest growing new app for American teens in 2019. 60% of TikTok TikTok users uh, were ages 16 to 24, according to business of apps uh common sense census studied smartphone use among um american teens and found in 2015 24 percent of kids ages 12 8 to 12 had their own smartphone in just four years that number went up to 41 percent um also in 2015 67 percent of teens ages 13 to 18 had their own smartphone by 2019 that climbed to 84 percent uh, the average 8 to 12 year old American kid spent 4 hours and 44 minutes looking at screens each day and American teens ages 13 to 18 use entertainment screen media for an average of 7 hours and 22 minutes a day in 2019 Which, okay how how many hours a day are you awake you you sleep somewhere between 6 and 8 usually how do we expect kids not to find the shit if we well, it's also a thing of like, and I hate to see like the use the uh, if your friend jumped off a bridge thing, but like at a certain point, if every other kid in school has a smartphone and you don't let your kid have one, you're almost putting a target on their back or you're preventing them from like growing up the same way everyone else does, right? Like, I understand parental locks or um, monitoring your kids, but I don't know that you can like prevent it. Yeah, I, I don't know. You can prevent it by not giving them the do device. Guys, do you guys have an age at which you've agreed, like, cell phones won't – you're not going to give your kid a cell phone until they're 14 or, or X age. I'm not talking about it for several years. Like, Way I, too young. Yeah, right. I haven't – my kids are two and three right now. Um, well, so I mean, when you think of, like, when we were in Not school, any fucking time soon. <laughs> that's we, for goddamn sure. Neither you or I had no. any kind of device until – which is also a sign. High, high school was mine. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. also a tell of our age because, yeah. like, cell phones of war, cell phones existed in the 80s and 90s. And some but kids they had were, them in middle school, I remember, but it wasn't like, it was a very, like, the richest kids. Yeah. Right. Or the people with the loosest parents. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, you know, our, our era was also, we played Snake for fun. So, you Fuck know. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and we didn't, we, I mean, the term dick pic didn't exist when I was growing up. That's nope. something that happened. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> right, right. The fucking tap to text. It, it took Anthony Weiner for that to reach our Yeah, our no conscious. shit. Um, t- 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 half of people ages 14 to 24 have experienced, have experienced technologically abusive behavior. Um, today's teens are constantly online, and abusers always find new ways to harass their targets. 50% of people ages 20, uh, 14 to 24 have experienced technologically abusive behavior. Uh, 22% of people ages 14 to 24 in, date, in dating relationships they say they feel like their partner checks up on them too often. A 2013 study found that the most frequent form of harassment or abuse was tampering with a partner's social networking account without permission. Nearly one in 10 teens and relationships have reported having this happen to them um, in the past year. In the same survey, 7% of teens reported that their partners sent them texts, emails, etc. to engage in unwanted sexual acts. And 7% of teens reported being pressured to send sexual or naked photos of themselves. Also, on I, I, uh, I really want to talk about that um, getting your account hacked or using that to stalk, like... 
I think we're all used to that in the sense that we're old enough that we've uh, Facebook stalked an ex at some point in our life. Probably, right? Yes. Or kept up with some, like, yeah, see who they're dating if they're in a relationship. I have never broken into anybody's account. And maybe no. that's an age thing. That's, oh, no. That, no I couldn't even imagine. Like, I don't know. That might I be would a never, judge a character thing. I would never even open someone's phone. Like, that to right. me is a step too now, far. However, if you look at, I've noticed it personally more in generations younger than ours, where, you know, the quote unquote friend will steal the other friend's phone and post something that's just crazy on their account. I've had that happen to me once. And they think it's it was a, a joke. It was a joke for me because it wasn't anything. Uh, See, right. I've had salacious. that. I have done of... that and had that happen. But, but it was, only it was just as like, a joke. Yeah, right. but it was just like Franklin's like a yeah. ginger asshole or something. Like nothing. I wasn't. Getting, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like typing the n word or something. I'm pretty sure right. I at one time. Uh, posted for mitch mitch shouldn't have left his shit open yeah I, yep. <laughs> right like, well in those circumstances it's like it's it's not gonna because, cause any problem yeah, right but it's i get like your point you scroll innocent. through facebook you see it and you're like ha laugh at that right and then you move on however n- nowadays there are a lot of like you know kids that are taking it on and and using it as a form of oh, like of, uh, blackmail or, or or keeping up on an ex you think maybe cheating on you like a form of gaslighting almost you know right or stalking. stalking yeah yeah right. um you know things like that to like kind of hurt the other person and that's the one thing i would tell everyone like i don't care how close you are in a relationship if you're married for 10 years don't share your passwords to social media accounts like don't let them know how don't sign in on your husband's like you should keep your social media accounts separate. I think so. Like, yeah. Well, you're the only one not married here. So. <laughs> <laughs> is, that the, is that the reason? Shit. <laughs> I mean, I don't necessarily need to know a password. And like, I, as far as like, I'm married, but I don't feel like I need to get on his social. Yeah, media. I mean, right. I think that's, well, I feel so, like a healthy yeah. relationship. You could be like, "Can you show me it, that?" Yeah, and Instead that's of, how I'm gonna break like into your phone. Like both my right. husband and I have passwords on our phones, but we both know each other's passwords. Okay, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I understand that. But that's also like kids. Like you don't want right. them to just be able to open up a well, phone. Well, for real, the the only reason we have passwords really on anything is so people don't hack you no, is because of kids. Now I just don't have a password on my phone. I never had a password my on my phone. Well. Pick up my Maybe phone, you work. get right yeah. on. I do a thumbprint, but I figure that you have to cut off my thumb to get in, so I'm saying. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so, interesting stat. 54% of teens say that they'd be a lot more a lot more worried about social media if their parents knew exactly what they were doing. That number's low. That number's definitely low. Yeah. Um it also, we've talked about this a couple of times off the mic, but social media, ha- it delivers a high, right? Because it's stimulating. It's looking, a video game. Looking at Getting a, a like is, mm-hmm. a, is a dopamine re- releaser. Yeah. yeah. Um, but see, to me, And so it's is not. having a conversation, and so is having an argument, and so, like, yeah. those are endorphins But have you, play. like, have you ever had a post on Facebook that got, like, 200 likes, or, like, an insanely, I mean, I don't know what an insanely high number on Facebook is anymore. I mean, I've had, there. I've had a few hundred and been like, ooh, I've, let me right, go check that, back in on that we've and had, see how many more in, I've got. In I the same way, we, we post a podcast and our numbers have been impressed and we're like, ooh, that episode was great. Like, right. Uh, yeah. Let's do more of that. Yeah, I think for me, I just don't care. Yeah. And so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, cool, people liked me. Woo, I don't mm-hmm. care. You know, like, yeah. but but I'm not like, I feel like you I'm probably have... not like most. Yeah. So. Well, I think also because we weren't 
ingratiated with it when we were 10, when our brains were still right. so young, that it's not like we don't need that validation as much as yep. kids do, yeah. probably. But there are some interesting numbers there when it comes to that validation. 25% of teens say it makes them feel less, lo- that social media makes them feel less lonely. 16%, 16% says it makes them feel less depressed. 12% say that it makes them feel less anxious. 20% uh, say that it makes them feel more confident. Uh, 18% say of teens say that it makes them feel more, feel more better about themselves. Whoever wrote this is a fucking asshole. More better? <laughs> more better. Um, and 21% of teens say it makes them feel more better popular. That better I added just because they're a, a, Yeah, I was going to say it doesn't say that. They're a dick. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, obviously there are some... There are some numbers there. I mean, those are all low. The highest number that you have there is a quarter of people um, say that it makes them feel less lonely. Um, But you're also, I think when you start breaking down, when you start breaking it into uh, numbers like that, A, you need to know your polling size, which we don't based on this information. And you also have to uh, consider the, the demographics that it's being that is being pulled from to some extent, right? Um, so, like, there's more information that... Uh, I don't know that the numbers that, are accurate. They probably reflect a true trend in the amount of, like, Right, and I think... A huge portion of teens feel that social media makes them less lonely, which is a problem because they use it's this fear of missing out. Everyone else is on there. What am I missing out on? Am I not... I could be meeting people if I was on Facebook, you know, right. whatever. Yeah. Um, one, uh, point that I think is important because it relates the, the whole thing re- kind of circles around to this, like, what are kids ha- getting access to? Obviously we know if we go through all of those numbers that they have a lot of access to a lot of shit. Um, and you know, something that's important to remember is that while Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat might not seem to be breeding grounds for pornography, um, it's not uncommon uh, even Facebook's seemingly innocent ads may lead to child being exposed to material that they're not ready for, and Snapchat is a perfect source for pornographic material, particularly since material isn't saved um, long-term on any well, device. Well, I don't know. You, you don't use Snapchat. I when, when Snapchat came around, I was in my, like, mid-20s, early 20s, and starting to be, like, more sexually active or whatever off of my own first apartment. Snapchat was only known to me as a place to send nudes. Because right, yeah, it, it that's tell what you, I, it tells yeah. you if someone takes a screenshot, so you have some level of control. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that was, when it first came up, that was my, or when I first heard about it, and it was first, I, that I always just thought it was kind of like a... It's a it was, sexting app. It's a sexting app. Yeah. 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 And I think that's what it got used for, I mean, in... In a lot of cases, I don't know yeah. necessarily now if it does still. Yeah, I think they've branched out now. If you, because I get on every once in a while, and a lot of the pages, if you scroll right, are like BuzzFeed articles and, and yeah, funny mm-hmm. stories. They're trying to be more like TikTok. They're trying to be the every every social media platform wants to absorb all the other ones. Right. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that like if you take all of that information about just the sheer uh access the 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 large access um that the the teens have to this type of stuff and then you look at it next to a movie like cuties that is trying to explain i think 
exactly what those numbers mean right kind of like if you look at all of that shit this is this is how often kids are on like this movie is telling you what some of them are doing and like that is the point cuties is a movie starring in about 11 year olds but it's made for 40 and 50 year olds yeah it's really yeah, mature it's, it's not yes. and it was right. made for people like you don't know this is a problem because you're not that age anymore you're not right. the no. level where you're trying to meet people in in you know, friends are everything. You have friends you've had for, you know, 30 years at this point. It's right. also not the first controversial movie to 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 exist and blow up and, and whatever. I've got a list of them here. I'll post them on the on the social media accounts, ironically. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, but a couple of them that I just want to touch on really quick. Uh, because they're... Because... They, just to drive home the point... That like cuties is not alone. A Clockwork Orange is the biggest. Is the biggest? Yeah, you I, know, A Clockwork Orange. That's w- a hard fucking movie to get through as an adult. That was a hard movie for me to get to through. And I saw that. Uh, what I saw that with you, Stacy. Probably I don't know eight, ten. One years of the ago. first movies you watched with me. Yeah. yeah. So twelve years ago. How were you guys still together? Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh yeah. Is that like date night? I don't it think we fucking, made it through the whole movie. No, because it was weird. And I was yeah. like, this There's is a, rapey as shit. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, There's a giant dildo statue and a rape that happens really early in that movie. Yes. Plus, I'm not yeah. comfortable with the the with rape being referred to as the old in and out. <laughs> like that, yeah. uh, that fu- that's how much that fucked me up like i will never forget that that's how it's referred to in that movie it's yeah. just fucked up um you know so th- there are several other movies that um like i said i'll put the list on the social media we don't have to unless you see any that you want to specifically i talk mean like about. half these movies i love because half of these dark. movies that uh the antichrist antichrist is an amazing movie but it like literally at one point it's about a couple that loses their kid and they go to a uh, cabin in the woods to work through it. He's the psychiatrist. He's gonna work his wife through the losing their young kid, but it ends up like they just start mutilating each other. And at one point, she like takes scissors and cuts off her own like parts of her genitals. And yeah. she, like that movie is way worse yeah. and has no artistic purpose. Like beyond the, I don't know. I just think that it it's typical when movies like this come out that are trying to make statements or they're trying to do something. I don't want to call I don't want to just write cuties into the oh it's art so shut up category. Um but like I don't well, know. Well like I mean I don't know. The- I think we need to be able to separate reality from fiction. And when somebody's on a movie set making a fucking movie that's supposed to have a message and a point then you can assess that message and the point with it. If somebody is making a, a Nazi sympathetic film, um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that it necessarily well, needs to be stopped, but there's fair criticism to be if, had there. If someone wanted to use this movie as a, a, a springboard to have a conversation about how they film movies with kids and what damage that might be doing to the kids, great, and being like, how did you film this dance scene and what did you tell, like. That's fine if we want to have that conversation. Like, do yep. we need counselors on set? Do we need more thought? Like, right. But that's not what they're doing. They're just being like, this movie should be banned. It should be banned, and we should cancel Netflix, and we should just run away from our problems because we because they're real, and we don't want to address them. And it's easier just to push this shit away and be stubborn and be unwilling to 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 address something hard. When in reality, by pushing it away, you're allowing things like this to continue. Yes. Yep. Yep. And, and because that's their point. Nothing's going to slow down the MTV guys. They're going to keep <laughs> <Right>. putting out <laughs> right. the 
MTV always wins. Yeah, it's never. It's an American institution. Yeah. So, well, um, hopefully, uh, if this episode ever catches the director of Cutie's ear, um, hopefully, this is what it was supposed to do. Because uh, for a little while, when the controversy first started. Um, I didn't know. I knew that I wanted to touch it, but I didn't know exactly what the right way to present poor, it was. Poor choice of words. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, but uh, but I think this was the right way to present it. So I hope so. We'll see. Um, anyway. Until, Would you all recommend watching it, having seen it? Like, as, yes. Yes. Yeah. Please uh, do. Like, yes. As, yeah. As an, yes, I would recommend this to adults, especially adults with parents. With parents. <laughs> Hopefully all of you have parents. I, I mean, uh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Adults with children. Um, I would I would recommend this to um, but do not watch it with your children. That is like I think no, that would be highly that, counterproductive. Right. So um, anyway, we'll call that it. Um, follow us on social media? Yeah. Is that where you're I going? Yes. If I you're an adult, that's... follow us on social media <laughs> at TDAP Dark. Um, on Facebook and Twitter, and then delete your social media, <laughs> and then delete it. But, it, but then start it back up and follow us again, and also like and subscribe and share um, and review. Uh, episodes come out when I want, but they're getting pretty regularly on iTunes and every podcatcher. So uh, yeah, thank you Ashley and thank you Stacy for doing the episode with us. I appreciate it. I'm glad that we got to have this conversation, Frank. I'm not going to thank you because I'll see you in a couple of days for the next episode. Um, I never get thanked. You never get thanked. <laughs> Poor Frank. It's so. been like, man, it's like 75 episodes. I'm still waiting. That's the only reason I'm 75. still 75? I came on at like 25, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I will say fair. on my brother's behalf, thank you, Frank. Yeah, we're gonna. I got one. Well, she's not a condit. Damn it! Uh, we're gonna, that means nothing. <laughs> hey, I was. She a was condit. born a condit. Yeah. I was born. In no true. Doesn't matter. I'm cutting all of this out of the show. <laughs> Here's your alternative fact of the week. My opponent will raise almost a hundred million dollars, Ainsley, in the state of South Carolina. The most money ever spent in the history of the state on a Senate race was by me in 2014, when I spent 13 million. He raised six million dollars from the time Justice Ginsburg passed away within 72 hours. And God bless Justice. Justice Ginsburg, we're celebrating her life. I appreciate waiting this Saturday to announce the replacement, but I'm being killed financially. This money is because they hate my guts. The Devil's Advocate Podcast is a Fever Heart production. It is hosted by Brandon Condit and co-hosted by Franklin Everhart and Jim Hellman. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and leave a review.